Welcome, fellow anglers, to the Working Class Fishing Podcast, a place for all anglers, amateur or expert, to share their stories and learn about fishing. Join your hosts, John and Brian, each episode as they debunk the perceived inaccessibility to fishing, break down the barriers of any and all angling methods, and hear stories from other anglers and their own journeys with fishing. Now, let's get this show started. All right. No, we're actually here. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Working Class Fishing Podcast. I am John Morris, and Brian is not here. Brian has some stuff come up, so it's just me and our guests tonight. Uh, real quick, let's run the sponsors and let's get into it. So this episode is brought to you by Lidrig, Max and Outfitters. Ooh, excuse me. Angry Rooster Fly Company. Troutlander Nets and Morris Flacco. And this evening, we have the great pleasure of speaking to Aaron Laterra. What is up, dude? <laughs> hey, not too much. Dude, so I found you on the SBS podcast, and uh, you guys had a lot of fun. And then I found out from there that you had, um, you know, your own dubbing and all this stuff. So but, dude, before we get into American Tide Flies, yeah, let's get into who are you? Uh, well, I'm in, uh, from Newcastle, Pennsylvania. So uh, we have all we have here is stock trout. We have stock trout, and then we have, like, it's, it's really good. Actually, warm water fishery is really good. Um, a lot of pike, a lot of muskie, uh, bass. Uh, well, I, I mean, everything. I mean, it's really, really good here. Um, but like, uh, is like fly fishing wise, if you want to fish for trout, it's all pretty much stock. There are a few places where you can get like, um, like, uh, brook trout, you know, I mean, they're not stocked. I mean, they're like eight inches, maybe if you get that. And then there's, there's a few class a like wild, um, streams, but I mean, they're, they're, you're talking like fish that are like the same size, you know, caliber thing. But yeah. majority of it is like if you're going, if you want to fish for trout, it's all stock stuff here. Yeah, that's not the end of the world, though. Stock. No, stock no, no. Is- There's a lot of other stuff to fish for, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, well, shit. With that being said, what's your, what's your favorite species when you are able to get out? You know, I do. Uh, you know, I like smallmouth. I like smallmouth. It's, you know, I should get out more for smallmouth because, I mean, there's a lot of nice smallmouth water around here. And I do, I do go north. I do go north up to Erie and I fish for steelhead when I get a chance just because I like, I like to do that. <laughs> and that's all, yeah, I mean, that's all stock stuff too, but yeah, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's fun. Dude, I mean, that, that's something that's on my list of places I want to go. So I, I want to come to y'all's neck of the woods and I, I'll be, I will be next year. Okay. For, for at least a weekend where uh, we're going and me and uh, two of my buddies, we're going to go fish the beast. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I've always wanted to do that. I, I haven't done that yet. I haven't done that. The the big the musky tournament they do, and they and that's I I fished uh, I fished up there before, um, but I've never actually went and done the tournament. I've I've been up there for the. I mean they have they have trout and then they, you have the musky and you have all the uh, pike and everything and they're the Allegheny up there. Dude, that's I mean you, it's crazy just how prolific the fisheries are in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's, it's wild, dude. Like you guys have so many awesome species. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of actually, there's a lot of opportunities. Like, I mean, I could, I, I mean, you're talking like 15, 20 minutes. I could be, I could be catching like fishing for musky or pike or, or uh large mouth, small mouth. I mean, it, I mean, it's, everything is pretty, pretty, pretty close. Like, the warm water stuff you know so i mean it's you know i just get busy a lot of times and and i <laughs> you know how that is you get a, you, you know you got family obligations you get other stuff and then you don't always get to get out but uh you know i can be on water probably within 15 minutes and in, in, in like good water dude that's i mean that's that's a blessing dude like my my 15 minutes is like for gar i don't yeah. i don't I don't have like these super clean waterways and stuff like, but uh, gar and I mean I guess I'm thankful that that's my favorite species because it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like I don't know, dude. That's just awesome. Like I'm I'm really looking forward to making that trip and hopefully being able to meet some of you guys. Oh yeah. So, fly fishing. How how'd you get into fly fishing, dude? Yeah, you know when I was younger. I always wanted to, uh, my dad had a fly rod in the basement. It was like an old, it had like a metalist reel on it. And uh, I think it was, it was like an old like fiberglass Fenwick. And um, I always like wanted to use it. And then I kept asking when I was younger and then I got like, I think my first like fly rod was like a, a Eagle Claw Black Eagle 2 or something. And I had like the Orvis like little trout selection of flies. And then uh, I went out and I, you know, I fished for some stock trout with those i think i caught my first trout i've caught like three stock trout with a little zug bug and i thought oh man it's magic it's like awesome and that was the first time i've ever went and did it and it doesn't work that way like it just happened that like i you know i i caught three you know three trout right off the bat one after another and um i thought wow this is this is awesome this is probably the best way to do it and it's actually I just probably got lucky i got lucky and it was like it was, there was no magic secret there's nothing else and then um, I didn't fish for a while. I do. I still do a lot of conventional stuff, but I did that. And then I didn't fish for a while. And when I, after I got out of college, uh, I always wanted to try steelhead. I actually went to Edinburgh University and Erie's like right there. And I never in like four and a half years, I never went out there and fished for steelhead. And then I got out and uh, uh, I went with my like future father at the time and I learned how to I, we went up there, we were fishing for steelhead. I was just fishing with conventional gear and stuff. And um, we go and uh, I watch this guy come through all day long. I caught like, I caught one and I watched a guy come through with the fly rod and it was just like one after another. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So I started to get into tying stuff for steelhead. And then I got, um, actually got like a, like an eight weight, a better setup and stuff. And then started like, you know, I kind of taught myself how to do it, watched what I could, got any information I could and tried to, even with the fly tying, I, I, I basically 
watch what I could, figured out what I could, and then uh, taught myself how to do this stuff. Dude, you uh, you and I are right there. <laughs> I uh, Texas is not really awesome for. I mean, it's yeah. it's fun to fly fish here, but it's not like you you're you're very fortunate to find someone that can help you out in in the south <laughs> to teach you how to fly fish. Yeah. So, dude, I feel you. And you know, and time flies with self taught also. So, I can completely relate to what you got going on, yeah. dude. But uh let's go to conventional gear like this isn't just like a fly fishing podcast so what what's your favorite um not necessarily just for like steelhead but what's your kind of like favorite go-to rod and reel setup well you know what i i used to what i did is i i I got into a thing too where i I thought i was going to build rods and i have uh i took um uh, a saint croix I got a St. Croix blind, or no, actually not that. That was, I built some fly rods, but uh, it was just, uh, I got a neuter rod blank. I was thinking I was going to build something. And I built like a, I got a, I think it was like a Bellis blank. And I built, uh, I built a neuter rod and I use that all the time. Like if I'm throwing spoons, cause you can wing it like a mile out into the lake. Like I'll go <laughs> up early, but I haven't gone for a few years, like, like early like that, but I'll go as soon as like it starts, the temperature starts dropping and I'll go off the like, I'll go off the you know, at the mouth of the creeks, and I'll just, I'll wing spoons, I'll wing glowing glow dark spoons, even if, you know, if they start coming in, you know, you get like a little window of opportunity, and you know that's pretty fun. Like you're 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 ripping a spoon through there, and all of a sudden when they hit, it, they hit like a freight train. It just like stops dead, and and you feel that thing, and then, and, and uh, it, it's fun to fight them on that that longer rod. Like I think it's like a. I think I have like a 10, I think it's like 10 foot and it's, it's got, it's got like some play in it. So um, it's fun and they go nuts. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll jump and, and take off, try to take spool you into the lake. And it's, it's something I like to do. It's probably like, probably like the, the, like my top fishing that I like to do in the fall. I, if I can get up there and I get up there early, even if it gets, you know, you guys get crowded and stuff up there but like if you get up there early and you get a spot and um especially at night when there's nobody or there's a few people around you know even if you don't catch anything it's fun it's better than being at work or being at home doing nothing you know indeed absolutely so brian brian would have loved that dude because he's like he's a huge like spoon guy he yeah he, he loves spoons so are you fishing just like straight silver or well you don't have to give away your trade secrets no 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 no. it's not (laughs) i mean basically up there uh there's like a silver and blue like the little cleo or a a ko wobbler um and basically the guys i think they throw them because it kind of looks like uh the emerald shiner and that's that's a big food source for the steelhead up there and it's like yeah i mean it's that that thing but i'll throw like i'll throw all kinds of spoons like i'll take when I go up there, I have like a whole box full of different colors because like they turn the page, you know, one day they might want something or, or they might want something different. And then I'll have ones with glow in the dark. I'll have like a blue glow in the dark, uh, um, uh, orange, the green. The, the only thing is, I know a lot of people swear by it. There's like a green glow in the dark little Cleo. And I have, I never do well on that. And people swear by it, like they do that. I mean, I, and, and I can't lose it. I think I have the same glow-in-the-dark green little Cleo that I've had 
like the one I bought because I can't lose it. Like the colors that are really great or they're hitting on, um, I'll, I'll like, I'll cast it out and I'll snag into a, a log like instantly or something and it's gone. <laughs> I like snap it off. But like that one, I could like, I could bury it into a piece of wood or a rock and it'll come back to me. It just keeps coming back and I don't catch anything on it, but I can't, and I can't lose it. I'll like, I'll intentionally like throw it into, like, I can tell there's a big snag there because I've been snagged up before and I'll throw that spoon in there and it won't matter. I'll, it'll come back. It won't come back with a fish, but it'll come back. It's like, it's like a cursed <laughs> spoon or something. Dude, one, one of my buddies, Jamie, he, uh, he, he sent me this fly. And he's like, dude, it's cursed. He's like, fish it. And if you can't catch something, you've got to pass it on to the next person. And I, I, I don't want to admit that it's actually cursed, but I, I've had that fly for eight months and I haven't caught a fucking fish on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and it looks awesome. I don't get it, dude, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm about to have to pass it on. <laughs> yeah. Dude, so. All right, let's let, let's let's get a little bit more into into you as in what you're doing. Uh, mm -hmm. So, how did American Tide Flies come about? No, I started doing. I started tying like uh, I said. Well, I started doing stuff with my brother first of all when I was before, uh, and I was like just called Latiras, and I started tying some flies and and like a lot of the stuff. It was like decent stuff, but it, like I said, when I first started doing it, it was like more crude. I mean, it was like egg patterns and stuff like that. And then as I got better and better, and then it just ended up being me after a while because he didn't want to do anything with it anymore. So I turned around and uh, I did American Tide Flies. And um, I used to tie a lot of flies. Like right now, I do like mostly materials. Yeah. Um, I used to tie, I mean, it was, and it wasn't a lot of streamers. It was, there were some small streamers, but mostly it was like nymphs and, um, and stuff like that smaller things no dry flies flies really but like i would go through i mean some years i go through like ten thousand hooks and if i didn't tie and i figured this way if i didn't tie and sell them or sell things like that that um you know i probably would have never gotten better because i would have never had to you know if i didn't as well wasn't forced to tie the stuff you know i wouldn't have kept i wouldn't have tied so many there'd be no need to tie so many things yeah so like uh, it started out with a lot of flies and then it evolved into like more materials. Like today it's it, today is like 90% materials. I still do some flies, but I'm moving more away from that just because I'm, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm too busy with the materials and, um, and I'm not going to fight it. It's just like, uh, I mean, that's the, that's the niche. That's where I fall into. And uh, I, I, I mean, I do a lot of, a lot of materials now. So, I mean, you're, you're even sending some international now. Yeah. There's, um, for the last, like, probably four years, I sell um, the, the Magnum dubbing. I send over to, um, there's a company called Fly Dressing um, in Sweden. They buy the Magnum dubbing off me. I wholesale it to them, and they slap their label on it. So anything overseas that the guys are calling predator dubbing, I mean, it's all touched my hands. I've made it. I send it over there. It just gets another label. All my colors that are say on Magnum dubbing are the same colors as the Predator dubbing. It just has a different name and thing because they don't know me over there. You know, they, they have their big name tires and the things and um, they know those guys, you know, and for me to, for me to try to go 
and distribute to all these little shops. It's, it's, it, you know, they're a big distributor. So, yeah. you know, I say it, it's a lot easier for me to send to them. They, they do it. They distribute to all their shops all across Europe. So, I mean, I'm actually, I, I still got like, I'm still working on another, um, another part of a shipment that um, hopefully by the end of this week, I'll be sending over there again too. And that'll probably be a roughly 1200, uh, maybe 1500 bags. It depends on what I can get. And then I have another little leg of that and um, to fill off the rest of that. So, but there's, um, I send a lot to those guys and a lot of those guys, but uh, anything that says predator dubbing that's overseas, I've, t- I've made, I've made, I've bagged, and I've shipped it. So that's, I mean, that's badass though. <laughs> and then there's, well, it's, it's a lot of work. I just actually just got better equipment in November because I was, I was like in what I was using was not like commercial grade stuff. And it was like a lot harder. So this is a lot easier. I mean, it's still, I I'm, I'm working to a point where that I can get even bigger, where I could have really bring someone on, even if it's part-time to help, because it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, I'll, I'll get the kids sometimes to help me and I'll like, I'll offer them money or whatever. My, my, my daughters, they'll be like, Oh, I, I really want this. I'm like, well, if you help me, you know, we'll, we'll see what, what happens. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, when I, it, it gets to be a lot sometimes because when I have to make it, then I have to bag it and I have to ship everything. It's a lot easier because I'm, if I'm laying everything out, if my, if I have someone like, if I can lay it all out and I have someone just bagging it, that cuts a step out for me. Like I don't have yeah. to, I don't have to go have it all laid out and portioned out. Then I have to go back and then bag everything again. If I can just lay it out and just keep going and have someone else bag the stuff so i mean it's it's i mean i'll get there eventually it's just you know it's just it's just me right now so yeah you know, no, I I, did. I hear you. it's probably i mean i i lost track uh i've lost track but i've sent i've sent well over i probably lost track after i sent like like over a hundred some thousand bags i've made and sent over a hundred some thousand bags and that was probably a year or two ago at least and I'm, I don't even know where I'm at now. And I only keep track is by the bags I buy. I buy them by like the thousand count. Like, I think I have right now, I'm going to have to probably order again, but I have, I probably have about 10,000 bags left and I'll probably order them again. I don't like to let it go below 5,000 bags because I'm just, you know, like product bags, the, the dubbing yeah. bags, the hanger holes and stuff. But I, I go through more, I probably touch more dubbing in my, you know, made more dubbing than I'll ever, it, it probably, a hundred lifetimes that I could ever go through or ever tie with. Yeah. So. But dude, I mean, I've got six bags of your Magnum dubbing sitting on my desk right now. Like it's good stuff. Like it makes awesome flies. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So what, what was the interest in, in the dubbing? Like my, my first interest of your dubbing was these nuts. Yeah. That was it. That was it. I was like, this dude's funny. I, I want to support him. So I'm going to get some. Yeah. Dude, I've, I've tied so many Frenchies in yeah. so many dope colors because of that dubbing. Yeah. Like, so what, what was the interest with making your own dubbing? Well, you know what? I was doing like fly tie. It started out like, I, I didn't start out with the long stuff either. It was like, like, I think, like, everybody's general thing, they start out with, like, stars. You, you find colors that you that aren't available. Like, there's stuff that I wanted to try that wasn't available. Like, 
and I want to do different shades of this or that. And then when I first started out, like, I mean, I couldn't, I, I couldn't like give this stuff away. And it, it's crazy now because I sell a ton of it, but I was trying to get this and that. And so it wasn't even a main focal point for a long time because it was more flies. And um, I just kind of wanted like colors I couldn't do. And then it went into like sizes and different things that weren't really available. And um, then it went crazy with colors. Like I, like uh, my magic dubbing is similar to like a laser dub, but I have that like available in like 80 colors. And then uh, the ma the Magnum dubbing was next and I have like 62 colors of that. And that was just because I wanted to tie longer stuff, like bigger streamers and stuff. And I wanted longer, longer dubbing. And then uh, the newest stuff is, is like a carnivore dub. And basically you take, that's, that's kind of like a hybrid. It's like, kind of like the Magnum dubbing. It's the length and everything of that. But it's, it's like, and then you take like, like an EP feel. It's like a softer feel. It's like, it's like EP, but softer almost. And it's like a hybrid with Magnum dubbing. It's like, it's, it's good stuff. It's like, it has like the water resistant properties, almost like EP. Um, it won't soak up as much as Magnum dubbing, but it's, and you can, and you can build volume with less. So that's the new stuff. I got like a few more colors that I'll be doing and some more complex stuff, but I have like a base set of colors that I started with so far. Dude, that's sick. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's, I've been sending, you know, the first fly shop that one of the fly shops I deal with, uh, they just got a restock of it. So they're carrying it. So as it gets more and more into some fly shops and um, some more guys tie with the, that carnivore dub. It'll be going out, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be pretty good. It's, it's just, uh, it, it's, it's got a different feel. It's like a coarser, it's like a magnum dubbing, but coarser and more water resistant. So it's, yeah. it's you know, it's, it's, it's a little different, but it's, it, it's, it fits in with what I do. So. Well, dude, I mean, so many dudes in the streamer, you know, for lack of a better term here, I'm going to say in the streamer game, is as odd as that sounds really like your dubbing like there's a lot of dudes that oh there, yeah there's, there's a there's a lot of um there's a few commercial guys that um that place i i mean i the one one commercial guy um he buys off me every year and i i created he has some he has some specific colors that i offer for him i created just specifically for him they're on the website and everything but I mean, he got four pounds like how many months back uh, earlier in this year. I mean, four pounds of dubbing is a crazy amount to go through, but he'll burn through it. He'll burn through four pounds of dubbing. That is an insane amount of dubbing for me. Like if I saw that, there's no way in hell that I could tie through, tie that. He'll burn through that though. Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit goes a long ways. Like, honestly, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's, yeah. it's really, it does. That you yeah. imagine how many flies, you know, that you have to tie to go through that. And and you're, we're talking proportionally tied flies. We're not talking like some guy that's on eBay that just like grabs a pile and just wraps it around a hook. You're yeah. talking about someone that's done this, you know, and knows what they do and they send send this stuff out. So uh, those little amounts that go on each all these things, uh, four pounds of that, he'll go through it too. And he'll be, you know, next year he'll have another order for at least four pounds or more. So, <laughs> um, you know, and then uh, a lot of the colors come away they too. Uh, I started with a bunch of colors and um, then I'll have some guys that a 
lot of then colors come about too because a lot of guys someone will say hey i have a custom color can you do this for me and it'll come out nice and i'm like well i really like that so then it, it becomes a, like a regular offering in the thing so i started with so many colors and then i had people request things and i liked them and then they gradually got uh, added to i'm up to like 62 colors i think the the latest color i have now is called elk lord and that was a ball busting color that was made for the one guy it's, it's a good color and that, that's one thing too like if i do like some ball busting name or something like just you know you know to mess with someone um i make it a good color because i want it to sell i want to i want to look at a fly shop and i want to see someone tying with like elk board or uh <laughs> or one of the other ones like uh, you know like the the d's nuts is in um is in a few shops uh, i did have one shop before that asked me to change that name because they said they have older kids and older people. And I, I did, I changed, I changed like the thing. I just put like luminous squirrel or something on there just because <laughs> they didn't want, they didn't want to have these nuts on their shelf, but you know, which who wouldn't want to have these nuts on their shelf? <laughs> you know, you know, what's funny about that too. This, this is a little off topic. Uh, there's a seafood restaurant we went to uh, a couple years ago and, um, it was, you know, it, on the border of Ohio. We're on the border of Ohio. So we went over there and uh, this, this particular restaurant, you could write on the walls or whatever. People scribble things. And we're sitting there, my daughter, because she knows I make dubbings when she, she was a little bit younger, my oldest. And yeah. she's looking and someone wrote these nuts like on the wall there, like in, into the wood. And my daughter goes, hey, dad, look, they, they know about your dubbing. I said, yeah, they know about it. <laughs> I said, yeah, I guess so. But um, and, and a lot of the dubbing names, it, it's funny they came about because uh, I, I I heard something, I saw some funny meme on the internet, and I'm like, wow, I have to create a dubbing color to match this. So a lot of the names came before the actual dubbings, like the the colors. Uh, but one of my one of the ones I sell a ton of is is called Homeless Care Bear, and <laughs> that started because of there, there's like a meme I saw years ago, and I'm like that is a perfect name, and I made it, and it was like uh, the meme had like a, an Ewok, and it said that um, Ewoks are just homeless care bears that sold their magic powers for drugs. So I was like I have to make a name for that. So <laughs> I created, and what I created was what I thought a dirty homeless care bear would look like. And it's like, and it, it's a really good color too. So I made it like something that was going to be a good color, but I wanted to make it look like it was a dirty homeless care bear that was like hanging out on the CD section of care a lot, you know, and, you know, he's done some shady things, you know, and, you know, and it's <laughs> funny, people ask me where these names come from, like that name. And I'm like, I was like, it was crazy, man. I was like, sh I was in care a lot. And I was like, I said, I had to fucking paint a, a smiley face on my belly and pretend <laughs> like I was doing a Care Bear stare and then, and then shave the things grundle and, you know, get it. So it is what it is. <laughs> but uh, that's the thing. I, I try to make all the stuff, like, even, even if it's like something that's funny or whatever, I try to make it something that's a usable thing. It's not like something that's just like a novelty that, that you can use. and um, you might get a laugh out of it, but it's something that's a good color that you'll be able to still use and do something with. Dude, and and I agree, you know what the original draw was the name, right? And then it was, it was, I mean, f first, first off, it was small business, support a small business. And then it was, 
okay, well, that's hilarious. And then I got to looking and I was like, man, those, I like this kind of peachy color and I like this purple and I like this red. And I use, I use those in so many of my Euro nymphs, dude. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's, it's sick. And then I have five bags of predator dubbing, not predator dubbing. See, <laughs> you got me all jacked up. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I tell the European guys predator dubbing and then uh, the other guys yeah. magnum dubbing. But yeah, the magnum dubbing stuff. Yeah. The, the, the magnum, dude, my favorite magnum dubbing color is dirty olive without yeah. a doubt. Like yeah, that's, that is, that's, that's one of the top colors that, that that's like I one of color I use a lot and that's a color that like every almost every order that comes in there's like dirty olive when you have your base colors like you know you're just whites or you're black or t you know just a regular base color but that's a color that goes there's a ton of it that goes out and it's it's just it's just a color that's it's a good color I mean it's it, it matches a lot of different things dude it's it's killer because i've been tying like a bunch of baby bass streamers yeah and dude it's yeah it's killer it looks awesome so if you if you had to pick you know like one one fish to go fish for like one trip no holds barred no money no responsibilities just you fishing what would it be and where uh let's see bass pro shop fish tank <laughs> oh yeah yeah, those are some now, yeah as long as i couldn't get arrested you know if i could run fast enough <laughs> no but uh no probably you know i probably would go uh you know i always you know the tank i would like to fish for taming you know and you know it, it's crazy. It sounds like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's probably fucking pretty dangerous, you know, especially right now <laughs> go yeah. over to Mongolia or wherever and fish for tanning. <laughs> you know, I would like to, uh, I would probably would, that'd be probably something if, if no money wasn't an option or whatever. Yeah. You know, if, if that was, that, that'd be something I'd want to do. I'd probably say maybe uh, golden Dorado. If I ever get a chance. <laughs> that would be sick yeah and i don't you know it'd be crazy to catch some arapaima i don't know if you could do that on a fly rod but you'd, dude, it'd be probably funny to catch those dude before it was like very popular there were dudes catching arapaima on streamers like yeah don't know uh, people are gonna you know be like no that's not right but i don't, like no shit want to say like late 70s early 80s people were catching arapaima on streamers yeah. <clears throat> and that is like my top bucket yeah. list fish huh. is the arapaima yeah yeah they look cool i mean i'd like to that that'd be one like like i said if there wasn't an option with like money wasn't an obstacle or anything like that i had thing i would just that'd be that'd be something to fish for i would like to do that dude that would be well we should go together now be a pro <laughs> date <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, we can, we can go do peyote and stuff together out in the jungle and then go fish for air Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Man, that, that's just so sick, though. Like, big predator fish are just awesome. I mean, all, yeah, all fish yeah. are awesome, but, dude, it's those predator fish and those fish out in the salt, dude, they just... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's another thing. If, if I lived down... Like, that's what I say all the time. If I lived 
if I lived down by the salt somewhere, I would be like constantly out fishing. And uh, I don't get like, I know guys that are down there. I guess it's like the grass is always greener um, yeah. type thing. But there'll be guys that are like, they have that access there and they'll come, they'll come to fish for steelhead. They'll like drive like hours upon hours and hours just to come fish for steelhead. And like, I would drive hours and stuff to go down there and fish for that stuff. You know, <laughs> you know, they're coming up here. I'm like, it's in your backyard. I'd be like there every day, you know, out, out trying to catch anything. I mean, the ocean's like probably crazy. I mean, you, I mean, with what, what they have compared to like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I would, that, that'd be my thing. I would go down there. I, I wouldn't, I, I don't think if I was down there, I would head up for steelhead. I think I would just stay down there and catch whatever I could catch. <laughs> a hundred percent and it i mean i understand that though because you know sometimes there's just a fish or maybe it's like a trip you want to make with your buddies and stuff like that but dude like if i i I would be in the salt fishing every day yeah probably And I, I think, I mean, I don't know this to be factual, but I, I think there's a lot to be said about the guides out there, you know, in, uh, in the ocean, dude. Like, oh, yeah. That's, yeah, you've got like reefs and stuff, but that, that shit's like actually changing like every day. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. They, they gotta, they gotta, they gotta, they gotta make it happen because they're going out there, especially now. I mean, all the you know they they go out how many miles they're burning gas they they need to know their stuff they need to they need to be on it so they could find wh- where they're at you know they, or where they're at that day you know if they especially have clients or something coming out with them they gotta they gotta try to put them on fish they gotta locate them and then they gotta make sure everything everything goes as well as it can possibly go so I mean they have to have some talent to do that I guess. No, I, I really think so. I'm not saying that like salt guides are better than fresh guides. I don't want to start that debacle, but it, there's a, there's a serious level of expertise and devotion to the sport that goes yeah. in the, those dudes out there. I mean, it's just, the, there, there's a lot that goes into it, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you, you tinkered with making some of your own rods uh years ago and i realized if you're gonna tie flies or you're gonna do materials you can't do rods too it's, it's you can't do it all it's just i mean you can't like i mean you could be you could be good at one thing or you can be like half half ass at this or that so and there's a lot involved with that but i i, I tried to i built like uh i built uh one two i built three fly rods and i built uh i built a, a noodle rod and I still fish with the noodle rod. I still fish with one of the fly rods. The other one, my um, my brother-in-law stepped on, so it's it's done. So he, he <laughs> like shattered it. We went fishing up for steelhead, and it like was leaning up against something. It fell over. He wasn't paying attention. The dark stepped on it, and it and like it shattered. It, and there's really nothing I could do to fix it. So, um, and it, was, it I had I haven't built a rod since that one. I mean, I put a ton of time, and I even got like. The, uh, the videos where it says the decorative rod wraps. I had like, I had the metallic thread. I did like uh, diamond chevron stuff up it. And, you know, I put a custom like steel head, like real seat. And it was, I mean, I put a lot of effort into it. 
and then it got shattered and I was like, you know what, I don't feel like building anymore. It, you know, it is, it is what it is, you know, um, you know, it was, it was fun to fish with it, but, um, you know, I just, you know, I, I, I'm too busy to do that. Like those guys are really good rod builders like that. That's what they do. They, you know, that's, yeah. that's what they devote it to. You know, I can't split time between that and then doing materials and all this other stuff, you know? So, you know, the guys that do that full time and, and, and do it well, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're like, that's, it's an art, you know, you gotta, and they're good at it. They are, they are good at it. And, you know, and you've got a family too, man. And, you know, yeah. so much that, I mean, that's always like first priority. So yeah. I mean, yeah. Make, making time to make anything happen is, is difficult. So oh, yeah, uh, yeah, it is, it is. And, and that's, that's the balance. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's with the, the struggle is you got to balance, um, you have to balance family and work time. And, and, and sometimes you get lost in that where you try to work too much. And, and I've been trying to do it like where, you know, okay, you know, there's always tomorrow. Like I, I, I got this amount of stuff done today. There's always tomorrow. It's not going to be the end of the world, especially if I'm super busy, you know, because you have kids that are little so long and then you turn around and, um, you keep saying, no, no, I got to work in this. And one day they're, you know, they're grown up. So you got to always make time for family and, and try to balance the, the work with, 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 you know, with a, a, like a normal life still. And, and that's, I think anyone that's got a family can relate to that. You know, yeah. it's just, it's a, it's just balancing. I won't, I won't even say it's hard. It's just making the right decision. You know? Oh yeah. 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 It's, you know, and, um, and, uh, it, it's, it's like, uh, you know, there's, there was a time where I used to like, you know, cause I deal with people all around the world. Like it'd be like one or something in the morning, I'd hear the phone thing and somebody would be messaging me, they need this or that. And I would jump up and say, Oh yeah, I'll take care of it. But now I'll just be like, you know, you know, when I can get to it tomorrow, I'll just, you know, give them the answer, do whatever. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take care of the person, but I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make family first, but you know, I am still take care of people, but it's not like it needs to be done at this moment here. Like, you know, if you know what I'm saying. No, I do. I absolutely know what you're saying. You know, like, um, I, I tie a lot of flies <laughs> and it's like, I used to get an order and be like, all right, sit down and be like, I got, I've got to tie these right now. Like nothing else matters. I'd let me go make some coffee. I'm going to go bump some Tyler Childers or some Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. I'm going to knock out all these flies. Right. And then it's like, um, where did my one day off go? Yeah. It's gone. And it's like, I, what, what could I have done otherwise than sit down and tie all those flies? So I, I give myself some time now. Yeah. To, uh, it doesn't have to be done it, it needs to be done quickly you know but it doesn't have to be done right now yeah that's that, that, that's that's where i learned too like it's it um i still get stuff out quickly it's just that uh like i used to get it and i'm like oh i'd see like something come in i'm like oh, i need to get this done now this needs to go out here this needs to go now 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 and uh it doesn't it doesn't as long as, I mean, as long as you're on top of it and you're, you're, you still move pretty quickly. It doesn't have to be immediate. 
that's not it, it that's not the way the world works it, it shouldn't work that way at least yeah no and and you're you're providing a um it's a very customized service as well yeah. you know it, it's not just like oh you know let me go grab all this and then i'll just you know send it out it's uh i mean these, these have all been a labor of love and of your time and your passion yeah. and energy and all this stuff it's not it's not instant it was instant to make so it, it makes sense that it's not going to be instant to go yeah, out and, and even with uh like a lot of times like i try to like have stuff set aside so it's not as hard but i go through a lot of the stuff like even if i have extra stuff a lot of times within the week i'm like refilling colors that i already had set aside because it's just you know i go through so much stuff so it's it's the constant thing of trying to replace this and, and keep an inventory or whatever else. And then the other thing too, is when you have a ton of options and a ton of colors, ton of custom colors, ton of options, every option, every color, I mean, that's more time, more work, whatever. I mean, like I, like I said, between two, between the, between just two of the dummies I have, I have 60 and 80 some things. I, I have like, 60 colors in one, 80 some colors in another. And that's just two different dubbings. And then I've got how many other ones on top of that? It's um, it's just, uh, I try to keep the stuff that goes out all the time stocked up, but you always get a curveball. Like I'll have stuff that's ready to go. I'll have like main colors and then someone will order like an oddball color that like I don't sell a ton of. And then I have to go and I have to make that and, you know, throw that into the mix with whatever else I'm doing, which I don't mind doing. And the reason I keep it is because it's a color that I like or whatever, but um, it'll always be like a strange color. Like you have, I'll have everything ready to go. And then I'll have like some like oddball color that like I sell some of, but it's not like enough that like I keep a huge stock of it. <laughs> So when you, when you're mixing all, so I used to make soft plastics and I had it down to literal drops. Yeah. It was like, uh, eight drops of this color, eight drops of this color to equal parts of this amount of plastisol. Yes. And this much glitter. And so, but when you make your dubbing is it's all very uniform. So is, do you have like this secret black book? I mean, do you have like, yeah, I have a, you know, it's funny. It's like, uh, I always think of it it's like the, the, the water boy where they have the, the, the book, they have the playbook, they have the yeah. green playbook. I have a blue, it's a, a little blue book and it has all, it has all my mixes and I'm even like technical. Like if I'm creating a, something for someone, as I'm going, I'll have like a scratch pad and I'll write down what I put into it. And, uh, I'm still here, dude. I'm sorry. Okay. Much. No, I'll put into I'll, I'll put into the uh, I'll put into like say 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 I have a kind of an idea. I made so much now that like I can look at something. And if I have an idea, I can pretty much figure out what I need to this this and this to go into it or whatever. And I'll write it down and I'll look. And if it's a shade I want, okay. If it's close, I'll write that down. Then I'll add uh, add a little bit of more of this or that. And if it's closer. And then when I get the exact shade, I have the exact poor proportions. Now I can, you know, exact proportions of whatever I need to go into it. And once I got it locked in, it goes right into the book there because you'll never remember it. Like if I didn't do that, I mean, there's ones that I make all the time that I kind of remember, but 
if you don't write it down, you'll never remember it, like, or you won't get it right. So I have a whole book filled with uh, mixes, um, colors, all kinds of stuff, you know, and everything that I want to keep, I put in there, even if it's like a custom thing for someone that I know, I'll write it down and put it in there, even if I'm not going to offer it that way, if they ever want it again, I can go back to it and I can create the same thing. And that's why that's the way I keep everything pretty much like if you bought dubbing for me like three years ago, you're probably going to get the same color. I mean, it's probably going to be dead on like today. Uh, now, barring if a certain dye or a certain color or something gets discontinued and then I have to work around that, it may, I might have to change a shade or something like that or different, but stuff like that's out of your control. Like if some company discontinues a certain color of dye or something that you need, it's not like, I'm not a, I'm not a, I can't make dye. You know, I'm not, I'm not the guy that I'm not going to mine stuff to make dye. You know, I'm not that I, I, I use what's available to me. And, um, as long as the, the, the stuff I need is available, it, the color you ordered like last year is going to be the same color you get like tomorrow for me. So, um, you know, that's how I keep it uniform. I keep everything written down. Everything's like technical. Like I have exactly what I use, um, the colors, how much, uh, how much quantity of this or that. Um, and even, even down to like what type of flash I put in the color what flash. So I know that what it is. So, I mean, it's, it's, it all gets written down. I have a, like a master book, you know, and it all gets put in there. And when I go through it, if I, if it's a color I do like all the time and I remember, I don't go through the book and it even I've got it down to like, even if I need to, if I know if I need to make like, say I need to make a hundred bags of this or something, it's for an order. And I just need, I just trying to get through it real quick. I know exactly how much of this and that to put in to actually get that amount of bags that it, what it is. I got it breaking, broke down to that, you know, exactly how much of this material they'll get me exactly how many bags of that stuff. So, I mean, I've made enough now. And it's funny too, as I'm, as I'm, and it's weird. I wish I could do this with the lottery, but like if I have a, a, a bunch of the dubbing laid on the table that I'm bagging and um, I say, oh, I need like 20 bags or something. I can reach in a bag and I pull it out and half of the time, almost all the time, it's not every time I'll go to go through and I pull out the exact number of bags. And it's like, I don't even know how that's possible. Like <laughs> it's like, it works out to the thing. I'll get to the end and I'm like, Oh, and I guess I, I grabbed the right number of bags and then, instead of counting them. And um, I wish I could do that with like lottery numbers or something like that. It doesn't work that way. Cause then I wouldn't be making dubbing, I guess. I guess that's, I guess <laughs> that's my, that's my superpower. I can pull out the right amount of bags. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. But uh, you know, it's uh, I got it down to like a, like I got it down pretty very technical. It's not like I'm just like um, just pulling throwing stuff together and just guessing this or that. You know, you know because you know even at that like stuff changes. Like if you're just trying to figure out, say, oh, this, this shade looks kind of for me. This looks right to me. Um, it might not be because like there's stuff I didn't make in a long time. And I tried to just throw some stuff together and I was like, that doesn't look right. And it wasn't. So, uh, like I said, everything gets written down everything gets put down that I'm going to plan on doing more of. So when you, when you're making all these dubbings, dude, which I'm picking up right now, when you have scraps and materials left over, like, 
do you just make these i mean do you ever just make like I don't know, like some random shit with all your, your scraps. Yeah, you know what? I actually did that uh, this last month. I've, uh, I used to say, before I got the new equipment, I used to have a lot of waste. Like, not like waste, but like stuff that was like shorter than that, like the, like the magnet. Like, it's like a lot shorter. And I used to save it. I used to just take Ziploc bags and just stuff it as much as I could. And I put them in a big, in like big garbage bags. And I'd set them aside, like if I was going to use them one day. And um, I got to the point where like, it was like hoarders, like it was just garbage bags filled with like all this like smaller stuff. Um, so at one point I was like, I don't even need anymore. And like this, the stuff that was waste, I was just throwing away. And um, this last month, you know, with this better equipment, since I don't have hardly any waste now when I make this stuff, uh, it's, it's not really any waste. So I was going through all those things, like some of that stuff I turn into like some other stuff, like mix colors and make magnum dubbing or, or not magnum but like the ma magic and certain stuff like that but the nurse colors that were like mixtures of like okay they were mixtures of like stuff that i had run through and i had a, a big bag of them in like random colors i just started mixing stuff together and then i like the I, I i wanted to see how it went last month i offered like i did like random colors i just called them one-offs or whatever like that in bulk bags and i think i charged like 12 bucks for like a big ounce bag, which is basically a gallon Ziploc bag filled. And I said, this is, I just put them up on Facebook and said, this is what I have available when they're gone or gone. And um, I'm probably going to do that again because I, I'm trying to, I mean, there's no need to keep all that stuff. So a lot of that stuff, I'm just going to run through and, and turn it into dubbing or different things. And, and it, they won't be colors. I'm going to repeat because sometimes some of them are, there's a few different colors mixed in and it's, I don't know what what's in there you know what i mean and they come out like whatever if they come out like a decent color i'll you know i offer them up and i just you know they're like a one-time thing dude but that that's awesome because it gives us a chance to mess around with a little bit of strange you know <laughs> yeah yeah well that's what i did the last time i like i said like last month uh i had the one color and it was it was before i got the new equipment and i was making stuff and there was like there's probably like nine different like colors that I was making at the time. And I just stuffed them in a bag. And I was like, I wonder what this would make. And I set it aside and I was like, you know what? Uh, you know, maybe I'll do a random bag one day and see what this makes. And um, I did that the last month. I, I mixed it together and it came out to be like a good color. And, um, you know, the only thing is I could never repeat it. You know, I, I don't yeah. know because it's like nine different colors that I was making, you know, that I was just throwing scraps in the bag. You know, and it's not like it was junk material. It's just like there wasn't enough of this to do this with or that. So it was just like a random grab bag of stuff. And then I figured I'll run it through and see what happens, you know, and turn it into dubbing. And it, you know, it came out to be a, a good color. It's just, I mean, it's a, it was like a, a different color. It was a nice color, but it was like a different color. And it's not something that like I can repeat or that I'd want to repeat because I don't want to like go through nine different things and add all this stuff in and try to just get <laughs> this so let's let's circle back around real quick and uh because here shortly we'll be coming up on our time but I, I've, I've got a question for okay. you so when you're fishing for steelies are you pegging bees or are you fishing a lot of meat <sighs> You know what? I used to I used to fish a lot of um, 
with, with the fly rod now, that's mostly what I do. Uh, I used to fish a lot of eggs and nymphs for, for a while. And, um, and I got into more like streamers, but a lot of the streamers that I fish are smaller. I'll fish like, like Emerald Shiner imitation. Like I got, I got a color that's, uh, it looks exactly like the back of an Emerald Shiner. It's called Emerald Shiner. And then I'll take a little bit of this cotton candy, which is like a, like a, a pink and blue. It's almost like a, like a, a really, a really like light purple. It's like that kind of like, they got that pinkish purple, like stride down the thing. And then like a little bit of a pearl on the belly. And when it gets wet, it looks just like a real Emerald Shiner. And I throw that a lot. And then I'll throw little minnows like that. Just like, just like uh, you're talking small, small minnows, like maybe, maybe a size, maybe a size six or eight, maybe smaller, but just tiny little streamers like that. I mean, I'd like to say, yeah, I'm probably going to get into throwing some bigger streamers because, yeah, I mean, I know you don't catch as many on them like that, but the ones you do or whatever you do, it, it's fun when they smack a streamer, you know, you could probably go out and catch 10 times more on eggs and nymphs and small things, but, you know, I, I'm at the point that I'd rather have the big bite. I'd rather have the big smack, you know, and catch like a couple than, than to go all day, be the one that, you know, catches 20 fish or something like that, hooks 20 fish or whatever like that. I mean, that's fun too. Don't get me wrong, but um, I'm at the point now that like, I just rather choose if I'm going to go out and have fun, I'd rather choose what I want to do. I catch something, live, my, I guess, live by the sword, die by the sword type thing, you know? Yeah. Just take a box of streamers, you, you know, you either catch them or you don't. Yeah, it is what it is. Indeed, and that's, and, you know, that's one of those things, too, is, like, you never get out of, like, that comfort zone unless you force yourself to do that. Yeah, that that was what it used to do be with the fly rod. Like, when I was trying to get better with the fly rod for them, I would always carry like uh, my spinning rod or the noodle rod or whatever, just because I was comfortable with that. But if I carried it, I had to start, start leaving it at home, not even just putting it in the car, but leaving it at home and just take the fly rod. Cause then that forced me to use what I had there. Because if I had something like that, like a crutch, I would just get it. I would just go get it. You know, if I wasn't doing well, I'm like, Oh, well, I'm just gonna grab this and I grab the spinning rod and, and go back to doing that. And I started just leaving it at home, just taking taking a fly rod, taking what I had and said, this is it, you know, I'm either going to catch them or I'm not. This is, this is how it's going to work today. And that's the only way, because I would go back to the, I would go back to what's familiar or what, what was, what felt easier to me. So, I mean, that's, that's how I kind of got into it. And Dave, I mean, I think we, we've all got those, those moments, you know, especially as, as dudes that came from, you know, conventional tackle. Yeah. It, it's, uh, there were so many times I'd be fishing for bass with streamers and I'd be like, this sucks. I hate this. Like, why am I not? I was like, I can literally walk back to my truck and go get a black and blue football jig, three eighths ounce, and I can go throw it up in those weeds and I'll pull that hog right out of there because I yeah. can see him and he'll eat that. But he didn't want my streamer. No, no, no. <laughs> and, you know, and that was if I could even cast that far at the time. Yeah. And you know, like, <laughs> not snap off flies and. Oh pull. yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, Aaron, dude, we're coming up on the end of our show here, one hour. Okay. And, dude, I've got to say, this has been fun, and we've learned a lot about 
what you've got going on. We've learned some about you and it's been a real pleasure, dude. Like I'm surprised that we were uh, able to keep it as tame as we did. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to go like crazy. Like, like I said, like the other, get the, the other one, uh, SVS that we, I started out with, like I told them, the, what what I say? I told them that, uh, uh, I said that I just watched that new movie and he's like, what, what is, what's that? And I was like, it says about some old pervert that takes these two midges, Tankara fishing in the mountains. And I was like, it's called the Lord of the Rings. And he was like, what? <laughs> and then we went from there to like, it, it just went off like on a tangent, but like we, we actually talked about fishing and stuff, but like I said, it, um, I was actually surprised. I, I didn't know. I like, uh, you know, I should give myself a pat on the back because we, we I've gone like down crazy roads before. This is this was pretty good. Yeah, I, we did pretty good, dude. <laughs> well, Aaron, dude, where can everybody find your dubbing and how can they get a hold of you? Okay. To... Yeah, you yep. can go to um, American Tide Flies, www.americantideflies.com and then hit shop. Um the website's actually a little dark, you know, even after talking to you, I got, I'm going to, I got to maybe sit down this weekend or something. I got to brighten up it a bit, but they can go on there and um, they can get, uh, they can get off me. I mean, if they're on Facebook or Instagram, they could shoot me uh even just shoot me a message. And I'll give them the info to um, just Aaron Latira on Facebook and uh, Instagram. I think it's Latira's fishing uh, is, is what my thing on here. Um, or, you know, or Aaron Latira at gmail.com. Um, and they can uh, get a hold of me. I, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to help you out. So, but, um, you know, that's probably it. <laughs> no, hell yeah, dude. And for real, thanks for coming on and, and talking. And everybody, go check out Aaron's stuff. Go, go check out his dubbings and just everything he's got going on. Uh, I am a huge advocate of his dubbing. It's it's actually really good stuff. I'm not just saying that because he's here. <laughs> and, <laughs> but um, everybody, thanks for tuning in and listening. And Aaron, thanks again, dude. And this episode of Working Class Fishing was brought to you by Troutlander Nets, Lid Rig, Max and Outfitters, Angry Rooster Fly Company, and Morris Fly Co. And until next time, everyone, thanks for listening. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, please leave us a review. You can find us on multiple social media platforms at Working Class Fishing. Uh, you can email us at workingclassfish at gmail.com for any inquiries. Or if you just want to come on the show or want to ask us some questions, feel free to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms or, or our email. And uh, we just appreciate everything and all the constant support that everyone's been giving us. It means a lot. So until next time, y'all take care and we'll be seeing you.